Welcome to podcast number 55 for Thanks for Your Service. Our focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net and you can also email us at info at thanksforyourservice.net. The Park Orchards Chalet lies empty in the northeast Melbourne suburb of Park Orchards. Originally built as a country clubhouse in 1928, during World War II the Australian Army soon requisitioned the chalet and surrounds. In 1942 the chalet became the administrative headquarters of the Land Headquarters Heavy Wireless Group. Its signallers, numbering up to 400, set up camp at the nearby Oval. During the war, the chalet and grounds were used as a transmission and receiving station and later trained agents setting up clandestine networks for espionage and intelligence as the school for Eastern interpreters. Recently, I travelled to Park Orchards and met with David McNiff, the president of the Park Orchards Ratepayers Association. David tells us about the history of the chalet and its sad state of affairs today. We're in Park Orchards and I'm with David McNiff, who's the president of the Park Orchards Ratepayers Association. Where is Park Orchards? We're an eastern suburb north of Ringwood and south of Warrandyte. Now you're the president of the Park Orchards Ratepayers Association. Tell us a little bit about the association and, and what we're, we're here to, today to talk about the Park uh, Orchards Chalet. So first of all, what is the association? It was formed in 1964. There is an area called the 100 Acres, which is unique bushland here. It was bought by a housing developer in the 60s and they were going to subdivide it and the local rallied round and formed the Park Orchards Ratepayers and with federal, state and local government we purchased, they purchased the 100 acres and that is now a wildlife bush, there's kangaroos, wombats, uh, echidnas, all sorts of bird life there. This is in the heart, of, or not in the heart, part of Manningham where people 10k away or 5k away living in high-rise apartments and yet they got natural bush <coughs> but you would get you would get down in Gippsland or something like that you can once you're 100 meters in there you could be up on the Great Divide. Yeah, now we're, we're sitting in a coffee shop and we're literally I think two or three hundred meters away from the actual Park Orchards, Park Orchards <laughs> chalet itself. Tell us about the chalet David what's the history of the place? Okay what happened was Originally, as you mentioned, it got its name from Orchards. And in the 20s, it was purchased by the Edmonds family, one of the jewels. They um, wanted to bring a country club to Australia, like the American. And the idea was that there was going to be a nine-hole, or there was a nine-hole golf course with a, with a clubhouse. And if you purchased a block of land, you got lifetime membership to the golf club. The area, <coughs> being orchards and that type of environment, there were two surveyors who were protégés of um, students of Walter Burley Griffin. Um, they were involved in Canberra. They came down here and did the layout and also designed the clubhouse, the chalet and uh, the road we're sitting along here with the shops wasn't here. Um, the first 
the post office uh, east of me yeah. was the pro shop and further down was the first tee and not far from the chalet was the ninth tee and it was a golf club. So it, we, we're here at a coffee shop and we're sitting on the actual golf course itself. Um, when was the chalet then built? It was built in, started in 28 and finished in 29. Now what happened was the depression hit so land sales literally went to zero. There were a lot of people that owned blocks, some had built. Up until the war, <coughs> there was roughly 50 houses here. At the outbreak of the war, the chalet was had been used. It was There was a residence there with a um, <coughs> family living there. It was taken over by the Australian Army. There was a huge radio tower installed and there were troops under canvas on the oval and there were machine gun pillboxes round the chalet. Uh, messages were taken from that. It, the radio transmitted to the Pacific area and uh, messages were taken then into St Kilda Road. Um, when the Americans in, entered the war <coughs> after Pearl Harbor, <coughs> it was further expanded and there were messages from the White House and the Pentagon and uh, motorbike riders took it into the Windsor for MacArthur. Do, do we know why Park Orchards was chosen? Remoteness. It also had a link to Coldstream. Now Coldstream was then a whistle stop on, on the highway. <laughs> There was also a, a receiver there, um, so there was a link from the chalet to Coldstream. Um, the reason was it was remoteness, um, so, and also it's one of the high spots around Melbourne too. Part of the radio masters at, um, up at uh, Gold, near the IGA, Golf is out, just out of Warrandyte. Mm -hmm. They use it for their hoses, to dry their hoses. Uh, there's still the mooring blocks around the chalet, concrete blocks set in the ground that held the wires to stabilise the um, thing. Yeah. And what happened to the chalet then post war? Well, then it was used as a reception area. Uh, at one stage, the police had it for their blue light disco for teenagers. It was run as a um, reception area. They extended in the 50s uh, an outer area or more, and it was used for weddings, engagements, um, that sort of thing. Um, it uh, um, right up until when the developer, and I'm, I think it was about 2007. It was still running receptions, and a lot of locals would go there for because it was the only restaurant around here. Uh, yes, there's ones up in Warrandyte and North Ringwood, but for the locals, there was a big housing boom here in the 60s. Um, as I said, there wasn't much prior to the war, but in the 50s, you got some people, but early 60s, there was a, a huge sway of people came in mm. um, and it was a also a local meeting place too we didn't have um, the the areas the school um, started in the late 60s um, pops the primary school 
uh, St Anne's came later. So it was the only meeting place. What's the status of the chalet today? Okay, as I said, I think it was remember, in 2010, um, it was bought by a company that has nursing homes. And it was in 2010, they got a permit to build a 91 bed nursing home. Now, the locals said, hey, this is out of character. We don't really know what the intentions are of the developer. Mm. It is, after all, a private property, yeah. and they can do what they like. They've got. They had to retain one of the uh, conditions of the permit was they had they had to retain the chalet, and I'd suspect that still um, it does have a heritage listing. Um, yeah, with the council. So that was one of my questions. It is heritage listed, so they can't, in theory, knock it down. Yes, but the problem is, is the council. There is a clause called demolition, demolition by neglect, mm. and there's been nothing done on it since then. Pora's website is pora.org.au. That's P-O-R-A.org.au. And you can find out more information about the chalet on our Facebook page. That's the podcast for today. We're keen to hear your feedback, and if you're listening to us via iTunes or other podcast apps, please leave us a review. Your review helps others find our podcast. You can help support this podcast via Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee. The links are on our website and Facebook page, and your support helps us with the production of this podcast. Thanks for listening.